Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. On Exploring Missions, we look for every opportunity that we can to really let people know that being on mission for God is not always a cookie cutter situation. It it can take many avenues. <clears throat> it can take many uh, courses, but it always leads to the glorification of Jesus Christ. That's the whole idea. And Jesus is the one that we adore and we lift up. Our co-host is Nathan Harper. Nathan, thank you for thank joining you. us. Glad to be here. It is good to be here, and we enjoy doing this together. And yes, uh, we are kin. I'm the father, he's the son, and uh, just a little bit of history. We worked together for close to three years uh, in a church on staff together and went on mission trips and shared a lot of things together, saw God do a lot of great things locally, internationally, and and uh, I'll just put it this way. Nathan influenced me in missions more than I influenced him, and so I, I appreciate him being the co-host and really... Uh, helping us so much on this program, and we hope it's a blessing to you. We get to interview people from around the world, and uh, some of them are local, and some of them are connected with American Family Association, American Family Radio, Nathan. Yeah, in, in-house in uh, missionaries, in, in-house mm-hmm. brothers and sisters who are living on mission. It's good to um, know as a listener that, hey, some of these these voices that I'm hearing on the radio, they're actually in the world doing the work, uh, not just behind a microphone talking. They're actually walking the walk as well. And uh, this brother uh, definitely uh, qualifies as that. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, he is one of the heroes here at AFR. We uh, He's been with AFR quite a long time. Time behind the microphone, it is it is Pastor Joseph Parker. Good to be with you all today. Welcome, Once brother. Again. It is always good. You know that uh, Nathan and I, uh, we just uh, feel like Joseph is is one of us because we've shared so many things together and we've seen God work in lives together, and so we thank God for you. Uh, the hour of intercession. Tell people about that first. Uh, I have the privilege of hosting the broadcast, The Hour of Intercession. It comes on uh, five days a week, early, early, early in the morning, 3 to 4 a.m. Central. And uh, so we one of the goals is that it will be a, a broadcast to help set people on fire, with uh, set their prayer life on pri- fire, but also to strengthen them as disciples and faithful followers of Jesus Christ as well. Amen. Uh, let me just share with you, your voice anytime's good, but at night... It is the strongest. How many times I've driven in the early years, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be driving in from somewhere and I'd be listening to AFR and Joseph's voice was there. And uh, I said, man, yeah, we can make it. So, pa- Pastor Joseph, we appreciate what you have done and what you're doing as well. Amen. Again, honored to be with you all today. The thing that we want to talk to you first about is the last time you were on our program, we were looking at a mobile 
uh, unit pregnancy care clinic being placed in the Delta of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Has that happened? We've, we're underway. We're underway, and we're doing ministry in the Mississippi Delta, and uh, interesting to think about this. It was about a, a year ago last month that my wife, Birdie, and I, we flew to Akron, Ohio, to drive the mobile unit back to Mississippi, uh, and God miraculously raised $191,000, and so it's debt-free. And I remember when uh, we went to pay for the tag, you know, and it just, as it turns out, with it, price being it was, the tag was over $8,000 by itself. Well. But she asked, well, who's the lien holder? I could tell her Jesus is. It's faithful. <laughs> you know. So God did that. And so we're in the process of raising monies for the first year's budget, and we continue to do that. And so, but we've had the chance to begin to minister to women. And we've, um, I think of, for example, one precious young mom had driven all the way to the East Coast to get an abortion. And Instead, she ran into Jesus over there, ended up getting saved and came back. And uh, we had the privilege of connecting with her. And her baby was born March 14th. And, you know, Brother Bird, I think of this. That's one of the wonderful success stories. But it's the beginning of the success story because with the pregnancy ministry, once the client, even after the baby's born, it doesn't end there. The goal is that we, we, along with the church, continue to be family for her and to be honest, we don't know when it ends. <laughs> they become family. And so even even now we're in the process of trying to assist her uh, when it, in the furnishing of the place where she lives uh, because she's now family and, you know, family keeps going. So Amen. Nathan, yeah. those are awesome stories, aren't they? It really is um, to hear where there's a, a critical situation, a, a lot of times desperate situation that people find themselves in um, and they're really without them maybe even saying the words they're looking for hope and uh, we know Jesus is the hope but his hope comes through his people and uh, I know that the the clinic there the mobile clinic in the Delta of Mississippi is is a is an avenue of hope uh, that people can uh, can see and it's is local and it's close by what does the what does the kind of typical ministry day or work might look like for those that are serving in the in the mobile clinic well you know uh just so that you know too i i speak from the standpoint of uh, a member of the board because i'm not actually the staff per se though but i would mention we've we've launched the initial phase of the ministry and we're not as fully up and running as we'd like to be but uh, we've begun the work and uh the local the unit is is strictly in Greenwood to begin with, right. but our ultimate goal is that they would serve that it would serve Mississippi Valley State and Greenville, Mississippi. These are all communities where outside of what we do, there are no other pregnancy ministries. And as big as the Delta is, no community should be without one. But um, the ministry has begun, and I think, of, for example, one of our clients was a young lady who. The pastor of uh, a church in Greenville contacted us after one of his members who worked with a lady was a, that was abortion-minded uh, had spoken with her. And our director had a chance to be in touch with the lady and begin to build a relationship with her. And just to make a long story short, the director led this young lady to Christ. But she had two of the abortion pills in her possession, but she chose not to use them. Uh I, I want to ask our listeners, keep praying for this young lady, though, because the fact is, until the baby's born, 
Again, the devil will try to come back around as many times to say, hey, you still need to come around and do this. And what believers need to be very much aware of is that thank the Lord because of after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, uh, basically abortion is illegal in the state of Mississippi. But what some many believers may not be aware of is that because of the tragedy of chemical abortion, women can still get abortions in all 50 states. And sadly, it's kind of like their home becomes an abortion clinic because they can do it in the quietness of their own home now. And though people may say, well, if it's illegal, they shouldn't do it. Well, the fact is they should never do it under any circumstances. The Bible says you shall not murder. But the fact is many times women feel like they're desperate, and sometimes they may literally say they have no other option and then feel that to be the case. But the fact is chemical abortions is just one more part of the the battle that we're dealing with in our culture today. When when I hear this about what's going on, the church's role is so significant. Really uh, early on, you know, the pulpits, the small groups, uh, th- they need to know that God is is in con- should be in control of their lives. Mm-hmm. And many of the pregnancies early on, years and years ago, was uh, pregnancy of of girls or young women who were unwed and they they wanted to quote get rid of the problem but as time has gone on and this is a growing experience for me uh they may be married they but they want to they don't want the child a responsibility because uh, at this point in time quote it's not convenient and the church should lead the way in sharing that all all children born and unborn are precious unto the lord uh Pulpits need to cry out with that, don't we, Pastor Joseph? They they really do, and there's so much room. There's so much more the church can be doing and should be doing with this issue. Uh, it's important to understand that uh, every life is precious, and we see how that in Nash in the national news, Ohio just uh, they they passed a, a constitutional amendment, basically throwing the doors wide open for abortion in the state of Ohio, which was very very tragic. And yet, see, part of the issue really is that in the truest sense of the word, every matter in life really from the standpoint of believers is it's a discipleship matter, a discipleship issue. And so when people feel like, well, under certain circumstances, it's okay to abort your baby, then we see that's a lack of discipleship understanding. God's counsel is clear. You shall not murder under no circumstances. It doesn't say exceptions. And so when people come up with exceptions, they're contradicting the clear counsel of God's word. And again, they're failing to seek to honor God in the way they're doing what they're doing. And uh, even in difficult circumstances, harsh circumstances, our goal should be to fear God and to honor God. I think of in the book of Exodus chapter one, it's such a wonderful and a powerful story that makes, that's a great role model story for us to look at. Pharaoh told the, told the uh, Israelites to, uh, the two Hebrew midwives that were in that chapter, he told them, kill the ba- if it's a boy, kill the baby boys. But it clearly states that Shepherd and Pua, the two midwives, it says they feared God, and so they just refused to do what the king said. And now, again, in a sense, when you really think about that, you might think, well, isn't that unusual? They didn't say, well, well you know, we got to keep our jobs or we might get killed The fact is their concern was, we fear God, so no, we're not going to do it because they knew in their hearts it was wrong. Now, remember, they didn't even have the Ten Commandments yet, but they knew in their heart it was wrong. 
And so they refused. And so at a certain point in time, Pharaoh realized these babies aren't dying. And he calls them in and how intimidating that possibly could be. But when you stand up for right, God will always use that witness. When you boldly stand for truth, God's always willing to use that witness. When Pharaoh confronts them, God gives them wisdom and grace and ingenuity to outsmart Pharaoh. Their response is, well, you know, Pharaoh, these Hebrew women, they're so healthy, they just kind of pop those babies out before we get there. What does Pharaoh know about birthing babies? Nothing on top of anything. And so he probably just mumbled a few words and says, okay, you can go. He has to change his whole strategy because Shipra and Pua didn't cooperate with him. They stood up for what was right, and God did use their witness. And again, probably their actions saved a little baby boy by the name of Moses. So, yes, our witness for standing for truth always makes a difference in every context. And that's a lesson that the church needs to, to, to learn from today. The pulpits should be in love, boldly preaching truth, not afraid to address the issue. And to be quite honest, sadly, too many pastors are timid. Or they're fearful about really addressing this issue bold in love, but boldly like it needs to be because people need to hear the clear truth, the clear counsel of God's word on this issue. Uh, Pastor Joseph, you know, you mentioned uh, discipleship or Mm -hmm. possibly the lack of good discipleship in many of our our churches. Um, I've heard it described as like the elephant in the room. You know, it's, it's just discipleship is really what what most issues can stem back to, mm-hmm. and even this issue of um, abortion and um, the the crisis that it is in our our society, mm-hmm. um, you know, you go back to Genesis one. God created uh, men and women in His image, and in part, being created in in the image of God shows that intrinsic worth that each each human has, uh, even before before birth. That that God has um, has created that that child, um, and so there's there's that part of the image of God. But there's another part of the image of God uh, idea is that um, we are as as we are born and as we live and grow, we are actually to be uh, God's imagers on earth. In other words, His representatives. We represent mm-hmm. who God is. We reflect Him and His character in the world, and. How do you connect that uh, being born with that intrinsic worth and value and purpose that God puts on every person's life and actually walking in that purpose to represent and reflect who God is and even partner with God as he rules in the world? Mm -hmm. That connection is discipleship. We have to learn and grow and be discipled. And that's where I think we're being shortchanged in our society. That's why we see a uh, degradation in our society um, is because there's there's a degradation of discipleship in our churches. Um, how have how have you seen either discipleship or maybe a lack of discipleship affect this issue in a maybe a practical real life way? Well, you know, I think one of the very real issues is like, for example, I, I, and I'm I'm just going to be real upfront about this. See, I've I've had the privilege of being a pastor for most of the last forty seven years. I really feel like a part of the reason why the Lord called my wife and I to do this is because somebody else wasn't listening. Uh, I've got plenty on my plate like most people do. <laughs> but the fact is, uh, there are probably many people that got called to do this, and not just in the community where we are. There are lots of communities that don't have pregnancy clinics that really need them. 
For example, no college town should ever be without a pregnancy clinic, but there are plenty of college towns. They don't have one. But the fact is, sometimes God calls people and lays something on their heart, and they say, God, I don't know how to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm busy. God, no, I'm not smart enough to do that. Well, the fact is, it's not smart to tell God no. (laughs) The wise thing to say, yes, Lord, now I'm going to need a lot of help, but I'm willing to do it. And the fact is, the church as a whole needs to recognize that we live in a country that thinks it's okay to murder babies. And that should stir the church all by itself to say, we've got to do something. I believe every single believer listening should, number one, find out where your local pregnancy clinic is. And just like, for example, just yesterday, my wife and I were at a church where we were uh, doing some of the, some fundraising. And a lady came up and said, hey, I want to volunteer. What can I do? We should have people, you know, in many pregnancy clinics should have people coming out of the woodwork saying, what can we do to help? Because we know killing babies is wrong. What can we do to help? Well, you always need people to pray because it's all warfare. Every single abortion is a result of warfare, spiritual warfare. Every The saving of every child is a result of warfare. Prayer is always very important. But then many times when we pray, we'll listen and we'll hear God say something else to do. And too many times as believers, we might make, not always, but often we make the mistake of thinking, well, I've prayed, so I've done my part. Now, prayer typically leads you to pray, but also then God will say, now get up and do such and such a thing. Uh, I think of this, that too many pregnancy clinics are very poorly funded. It's normal for a pregnancy director, can't be full-time, because they'd starve, they couldn't take care of their families on that. But also, many times, like I know of one pregnancy clinic in the Delta, one single employee they've never had beyond one, and all the rest are volunteers. I believe clinics should be so well-funded that every church in the county says, hey, let's put them in our budget. Why? Because they help save babies. And the fact is, we live in a nation, as long as we have a nation that says it's okay to kill babies, we should decide we're not going to put up with this. We're not going to stand for this. We're Through our prayers, through our actions, through our attitude, we're going to do what we can do. So when believers call pregnancy clinics to say, hey, we want to put you in our budget, what else can we do? Now, money is great, but don't stop there because there's so much more that can be done if people are willing to do sacrificially what can what else can other things that can be done as well you know when i hear that not only is the baby saved but most of the crisis pregnancy centers especially those that that i'm mindful of many of them are they they want to witness to that mother who has come in mm-hmm. and <clears throat> for is a mission, lot of evangelism yes uh listen uh i know locally here in our area uh, those women, many of them are saved. And then uh, mm-hmm. I know the ladies that disciple them. They don't just leave them there. They disciple them in the growth of the Lord. And they also disciple them in raising the children. And as you said earlier, you know, you just don't leave them there. You continue the journey with them. Mm-hmm. So a church using that money to that pregnancy center, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's missional, not only saving that child's life, but also the possibility of, of that woman coming to know Christ and then following up in the influence. And it's a ripple effect many times, Pastor Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she is saved, and guess what happens? She shares it with others. And uh, I, I don't know of any other ministry that quite reaches as many people that way 
you're reaching them in a point of time when they're hurting, when they're trying to make a decision, and mm-hmm. you're trying to help them. I think it speaks loudly for evangelism, and churches ought to get behind that. Yeah, a lot of believers don't realize a lot of evangelism and discipleship happens through your average pregnancy clinic. And I know uh, precious lady, Miss Nancy Pennington, has been the director of the pregnancy clinic in Clarksdale, Mississippi, for years. And she said they've seen at least 500 people get saved (laughs) over the years through their ministry. That's a norm. That's a norm with pregnancy clinics. Lots of evangelism discipleship typically happens. Do you know of any other ministry that kind of has that kind of effect, Nathan? Well, I'm, I'm just thinking it's <laughs> it's like evangelism and then discipleship like we we're talking about. But then you are training and equipping and discipling that young mother mm-hmm. to disciple the next generation. And uh, that, disciple, that discipling chain um, can can continue. Uh, a lot of times, um, these these women will probably there's a break in the chain above them in front of them. They may never never have the opportunity possibly to hear the gospel or respond to it, mm-hmm. um, or maybe they've gotten to a point where their life they're ready to hear it. Uh, but being faithful to pray for, fund, uh, serve at a crisis pregnancy center gives you those opportunities to share the gospel, disciple, and then see that chain continue and grow. Mm -hmm. It's about loving people. And just like you said, Brother Bert, uh, when a woman finds herself expecting a baby and often as a single mom, she's at a very vulnerable place. And so many times is just crying out for hope and help. And so it's a great time for her to hear the gospel because when God's people, we function as the hands and feet of Jesus— Many times it's like they're they're right. They're ready to hear the gospel as well as to receive God's help, too. And so I would just mention that our, our website uh, for people that would like to pray for us as well as to prayerfully consider financially helping, it's deltapchc.org. Again, that's deltapchc.org. And if you'd like to get in touch with us to learn more about what we do, again, that's the website. But also... Again, any pregnancy clinic appreciates when people say, hey, what can I do? Because we don't get nearly enough contacts or calls from that. And there are really many things people can do to help. Again, prayer, uh, giving financially. You know, I would say this too. Sometimes people think, well, I, I, the reason I don't give is because I don't have much to give. You know, if lots of people just say, well, I'll just give $5 a month. Monthly giving, even if it's a small amount, makes a huge difference because Enough people giving $5 a month can cover a budget. But too many times people think, well, I don't have a whole lot to give, so I won't do anything. But when people just say, I'm just going to do what I can monthly, that changes everything for most any pregnancy clinic and really most any ministry, period. Well, let's talk about this one a minute. Uh, You stated that it was purchased uh, Mm debt-free, but now you're in the process of funding the ministry, the first Mm -hmm. year of ministry, and you've started part of that. So right now would be a critical time for people to come alongside and make it possible for this to operate completely. And I want to review this, too. It's in Greenwood, Mississippi right now, but the whole area is Greenville and uh, Mississippi. Mississippi Valley State University. Is is that Itabina? It's just outside of Itabini, uh, okay. Mississippi, right? Yeah, you can find that on the map, believe it or not. <laughs> and I've been through there, and it's a great opportunity. And it's the only facility that 
it's not a facility. It's a mobile facility, mm-hmm. but it's available here, and there's not another one available in those towns? No, no. And, and you know, I think of this, too, just like I mentioned a, a little bit ago, one of the goals, of course, is, as I mentioned, serving Mississippi Valley State University. The church should, I believe the church should see to it that no college town is ever without a pregnancy clinic. And in, in, Miss, in the state of Mississippi, for example, most of them have them, but not quite all of them. And so I think it's wise when the church decides, well, we're going to fix this. You know, the church as a whole says, hey, let's, let's prayerfully come together and figure out how we can address these kinds of things, because that's our responsibility as the church. When we do this, um, Nathan, I found out, you know, you have people in the church and uh, they say, yeah, we're, we, we don't think abortion should be um, open to everyone, but... Uh, they come against that argument. I just want to share, Joseph does a good job, murder babies, mm-hmm. whether wherever it is. And I heard this, Joseph, and I'd love you to speak to it. The only difference in a baby that's been delivered and one that has not is time and space. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That's true. That's true. And it's important to understand that God's word is so clear on this. It says, you shall not murder. It doesn't say you should not murder except under these circumstances. It says you shall not murder. So killing a baby in the womb or outside of the womb is the same thing. And as harsh as it sounds to say that abortion is first-degree murder, that's exactly what it is. It may sound harsh, but, you know, you can change the name 50 times, but it's planned murder of a human being. And so it's important to understand abortion is never right under any circumstance. And so when people say, well, what about in the case of... Uh, incest or rape. Well, see, when a baby dies because the child was conceived through a rape situation, we know rape is a tragic crime and it's wrong. And the person responsible should should be punished for it. But the fact is, to kill the baby as, that comes from the result of a rape is to execute the baby for the crime of the daddy. And that's wrong any way you look at it biblically, period, you know. Pastor Joseph, there's possibly a uh, pastor or church leader uh, listening to this program, and um, they may be convicted for, I mean, like I believe all of us in the church probably are or should be over a lack of discipleship in our churches. Um, and maybe this is a, po- a point and a place where they can um, deal with this critical issue uh, of abortion and and serve their local community uh, as a mission and be involved in discipleship. Um, if there's a pastor maybe that's got all these ideas in his mind and he's feeling these things, what would you say to him today? Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to put in a plug from a book here. The book is entitled A Pastor's Notes, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly for Life. And amongst other things, it's a tool to help equip a pastor to know how to address the issue in love, but to address it and not avoid it. So that's one tool that can be helpful. And please get in touch with us. We'd like to be of help in any other ways we can be. How can that book be available? How can they get that book? Go to afa.net and resources.afa.net. And it's available along with other resources. And I'd also say the film uh, series, it's really not a series, documentary, In His Image. And it will help you to see the importance of the church discipling believers. 
Pastor Joseph, thank you once again. Thank you. It's always good to have you. Thank Nathan, you, it's always good to have you. Absolutely. Him, You're welcome. Anytime, brother. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you so much. We thank you for listening to uh, Exploring Missions, and that website is deltapchc.org. We urge you to get in touch and be a part of this mission that's on mission for God to save lives and souls.